Hello and welcome to the Kick in the Creatives podcast, hosted by myself, Sandra Busby, and my fellow creative, Tara Roskell, offering you interviews, inspiration, motivation, and a gentle prod in the right direction. And for lots more information, challenges, and other useful tools to help you get creating, you can go to www.kickinthecreatives.com. And of course, this is where you can also find today's show notes. Enjoy the show. Okay, before we go on, if you didn't listen to the last episode, that is part one of NFTs for Beginners. Tara and I had so much to cover that we decided to split that episode into two parts. And this is part two. But going into what you were just saying about you could be hacked, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. This, uh, well, c- we need to go over Polygon first, don't oh, we? Oh, go on, yeah. Let's, let's talk about Polygon then, because you, you yeah. were talking about that as greener and... Yeah. Mm. So we've covered that that's the way of uh, using Ethereum. And the reason you might want to use that is because there's more buyers using Ethereum. Yes. And I actually got told by the first guy that bought my first NFT, he gave me a bit of advice. I was chatting to him on the direct messages on Twitter, and he says... I would change your other stuff that you've currently got on Polygon because I still had some stuff in that was I'd listed on Polygon. I would change it to Ethereum if I were you. I would take it down and put it into Ethereum. A lot of buyers, collectors as they call themselves, don't like Polygon. And there's a couple of reasons because a lot of the buyers will already be into cryptocurrency. You know, they are cryptocurrency people. Mm-hmm. And so they already hold Ethereum because that's one of the big cryptocurrencies. Right. So they like using it because it's nice and easy for them because they've yeah. already got it. Yeah. And if they want to use Polygon, they first got to do, you know, like if, say, you've got to buy something in um, dollars instead of pounds for us. Yeah, and you've got to convert it. Oh, it's like, oh, God, I've got to convert it first and then do that. So that's basically what they'd have to do mm. if they want to buy some Polygon. So he said, so that's one of the reasons we prefer it. Also, you tend to find some of the scammers or more scammers will use Polygon because they don't have to pay the initialization fee for their account. Okay. So, you know, they can just go on, open however many accounts they want in different names and different emails and start sticking stuff up there that they've stolen from places, basically, just stolen images. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, whereas if if they've got to go and set up an... I mean, some will set up a proper account Mm. because they think it's worth it. If they've got to pay hundred dollars to open an account they'll think twice yeah about it so yeah. that's that's one reason that's why i've done ethereum now but i say ethereum is not supposed to be very green which is one of the downsides of it but mm. they are working and apparently soon we're supposed to be they're coming out the greener version good good that's always yes. important now isn't it can i go on to then that yeah. talking about sort of scamming it kind yeah. of leads then doesn't it on to what i mentioned earlier yeah. i was talking about i thought i'd made my first uh nft sale oh yes yeah so this was what a week or two ago I was, oh my gosh I've, I've made my first sale i can't believe it so what actually happened it basically it turned out someone was attempting to scam me and the trouble is because but it was it, via Twitter. Are you going to yeah, tell me so, what happened? Yeah. So what happened is instead of waking up to an email from OpenSea, as people seem to do, um, saying, oh, you've sold this, so-and-so's bought this, I just got a direct message through Twitter saying, I really love your your um, 
your work. How long have you been in the NFT world? And I said, very recently. I've only just started very recently. And he said, I love your work. Um, you're very talented. And of course, I was just really excited because, oh, someone's showing an interest in my NFTs. And he said, I've been collecting NFTs for um, a, a couple of years now. And um, I know when I see something unusual, I, I like to, to, you know, I want to invest. And then he said, I'd like to be your first collector. And I was just like on cloud nine. I was like, wow. And I, I don't know why. I just presumed that um, it would be just waking up to an email saying you've sold something. But this guy was sort of interacting with me. That uh, does happen as well, to yeah. be fair. People will interact with you like yeah. that. Yeah. So I said, oh, that's amazing. I said, thank you so much. You know, it really means a lot. And uh, anyway, so he said, I'll, I'll go and make the purchase now. And I was like, oh, and that's when I went on to you. Oh, my God, Tara, I think I've sold one. What, what do I do, though, if he buys it? Do I, how do I actually hand over the product and all this and have this <laughs> ridiculous conversation <laughs> where you're basically rolling your eyes a million times? And... Uh, what happened was he then he then messaged me back and said, oh, when I go to the part where I click purchase, it comes up with this message. And he gave me, he sent me this kind of screenshot. And I can't remember exactly what it said, but it was like an open sea window that said something along the lines of this uh, has not been synchronized or the account needs to be synchronized or something like that. It, it looked very genuine. And he said, I come, he said, basically, I'm, I'm coming across this. He said, "What well, you haven't synchronized your account. I'm sure it was something like that, he said. I can't exactly remember. Anyway, uh, he said, it's very easy to solve. He said, I understand you're, you're new to this. If you want, I can just give you simple instructions of how to do that. Just click, click this link and it will take you to a place where you can um, resolve that. And then I can go ahead with the purchase. You know, I'd already said to you I'd made my first sale and you'd actually said, be careful if it's a if it's a direct message, just be careful. But it is hard, isn't it? Because when you, we all have this, especially, I mean, I've people have tried to scam me in the past. I'm not stupid. I know a scammer. I, I Virtually every day I get an email saying that someone has, you know, their wife's birthday is coming up and they want to buy my entire collection of art <laughs> immediately. And I just, <laughs> yeah. I just delete. I'm like, oh, for yeah. goodness sake. This is all new to me. And um, I sort of said to you, I've, I've made my first sale. And you said, be careful. That, that There's something, just be careful with that one. Yeah. And it wasn't until he said, click this link. I told you not to click anything. Yeah. and But, I, but already, I, I think regardless of that, I would have thought then, oh, actually, that's a link. I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm not sure that's a good idea. That was when my alarm bell rang. And basically, that's when you said, yeah, that's definitely a scam. Yeah. Um, um, and what you said, because I thought, well, what, what does it mean then? If someone tries to scam you, what are they trying to do? And what you said was they would then get into my account, steal my media, um, my, my images. That's impossible, or steal out of your digital or wallet. Or steal out of my digital wallet. Yeah. Uh, well, they'd have been sorely disappointed. There's only about 45 quid in it at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, you know, the, the thing is, I, I thought, God, what an absolute arse. Sorry to say arse on the, on the podcast because we don't We've said worse. Yeah, we, but, but yes, I thought, you absolute arse because he was really lovely and friendly and really, really um, uh, took advantage 
of my excitement, I suppose. And I thought, you absolute, and I won't say the word I really thought, but I, do you know what I mean? Yeah. That's, I That's and, how they do it, though, isn't it? They charm you. They do. And, it's like and a, they also yeah. try and take advantage of you being a beginner and not actually knowing what you're doing. I mean, as soon as he's, I said, yes, I have, I've only just started very recently, yeah. he must have rubbed his hands together thinking, oh, this one would be easy. But basically what I did straight after that, as soon as I realised I blocked him, as you actually said, I deleted the conversation, you, you said block him, which I did. Yeah. Um, but so I understand though, Tara, that you can not just be scammed when someone's trying to buy your NFTs, but you can actually be scammed when you are buying someone else's. So, you know, like we said earlier, if you've made a few sales, you might want to buy one or two for yourself to show support for other NFT artists. Um, but you need to make sure what you're buying is, is genuine. So how do people scam and how can you tell what you should and shouldn't buy? What is a real genuine NFT someone is selling and what isn't? Well, I think first of all, that don't think that, oh my God, this just sounds hideous because there's just scams everywhere because it's exactly the same as anything else. Yeah. It's not just NFTs. This is, like you said, people try and scam you out of your real art, your money oh, for yeah. your real art. Mm. People try and scam you, like send you fake banking details, you know, yeah. all the time. So so this is just one of those things that you get with everything that you have to be cautious of. Yeah. So, so on the way you can buy a fake NFT is, you know how I told you, you get people who will just go on and they will take images from anywhere on the internet. Yeah. Or even they will take them from another artist who's selling. Yeah. And they will create accounts. Quite often they'll create a name that looks very much like the real artist. Yeah. So so, so say someone was pretending to be me, for example. Mm. Um, they'd, they'd put Tara Roscoe-Wan or they'd, they'd, put, they'd spell my name slightly differently. Yeah, they might you know, spell it with one or L. Something. Yeah. They might spell it with one L instead of yeah. um, two Ls or something like that. Yeah. yeah. But then... The reason you'd probably know is this: is you would check, you would check, say my Twitter, for example, first, and mm. my other social media accounts. Do I exist in other places? Have I got a website? No, not everybody will have a website. No, but you, you'll go and check if the person is, are they likely to be a real person? And then, has this person sold anything? Yeah, and I'd also do a search for that name again you know on there and there's another way you can do it which is you can do a reverse image search on google yeah you know do that, yeah and well, you might want to explain to people who don't well basically you go to google image search yeah and you can actually actually upload an image on there and they'll tell you where it is online yeah um there's also apparently something called i can't remember what it's called uh google's got another tool something like google magnify something like that that you can also have on your phone and point it at something and it will tell you where it is online which is quite clever yeah and it's it's actually really handy because what it means is if say for instance um somebody wanted to buy one of my pieces of art and they uploaded that image onto google search just to check it's definitely come from me yeah, that image would come up as it's on my site, my website. website. Yes. If it didn't belong to me and I was trying to, you know, sell someone else's art, which of course I would never do, but 
um, if that if I was one of these scammers, that art wouldn't would it might it would be found on someone else's website altogether, the real artist's website, which is when you can tell that this doesn't even belong to this artist. And so. of course, people people try and do that with physical art as well, don't they? They they'll do. Try and, they'll try and say they own a piece of physical art and get. And people do it with holidays as well, like they own mm. some villa somewhere. So this is not just NFT places; this is everywhere. Yeah, um, I mean, there's scammers all over the place. Yeah, in all types. So don't of things. don't be put off because of that. No. We just want to like cover a few things that we've heard. You'll yeah. also get websites that they'll pretend to be the official website. Yeah. So you you know how people send you to a bank website that's not really a bank, or they try to not really a bank website. Yeah. To try and get to put your details in, it will look very similar. Mm. Am I right in thinking there's normally a little padlock on the address bar to the left if it's genuine, secure? But I I wouldn't rely on that because it's quite easy to get a padlock right at the top. Ah, okay. So yeah, I mean that means it's secure as in in as much as in nobody else is getting your data apart from the person. I see. website yeah yeah you know what i mean but that doesn't mean that the person who owns a website is genuine mm. um yeah so that that's one thing i think i think that's most of them i say i wouldn't keep much money in your digital wallet at a time i'd just clear that out yeah. so you know yeah. just spread your risk basically um you can get what they call and i've, I've been thinking about investing in one of these you can get what they call uh hardware wallets yeah. Which is basically a, a physical thing you hold in your hand. Yeah. That's got like a USB or something on it. And you plug it into your computer. And I think how it works, and now I don't know because I haven't got one, is that in order to be able to use your digital wallet, you have to have that plugged into your computer. Right. Do you know what I mean? So it's almost yeah. putting a lock on it for someone yeah. who hasn't got that thing. Well, that's, yeah, that's that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Right, so I want to go on now, as long as you're, you think you've covered yep. virtually everything, yep. about I want to go into the language. Can I go into the language? Yeah. <laughs> because uh, that is something that it was it blew my mind a little bit. Yeah, I <laughs> don't was, know it all like, No, it's like um, there's lots of new words I've had to, to learn. And some of it, I remember when you, when you first started doing it and you were saying things like, I've just minted my first NFT. And I'm thinking, what? What do you mean minted? And then I, I was looking at um, and they were like, oh, lots of people on OpenSea. I'm going to mint this this afternoon. And I'm thinking, what on earth does that mean? So basically what I found was it just means you're going to sell something. So if you mint you're something. You're going to upload it and put it for sale. You're yeah. uploading it, putting it for sale. That's that's all it means. So why there's a different language for it, I, I don't know. There are a few other terms that I'm really not familiar with. One. So I'd like to know, Tara, um, some of the terms you've learned. And also, this is one I don't know. What does it mean if I say I've dropped one? It means you farted. Oh, Tara. <laughs> <laughs> That's, I, keep, I keep hearing people, I keep seeing people saying I've dropped I've dropped this this afternoon. I've dropped. I've dropped one today, and I'm thinking, what? The, what do you mean? Because does, is that the same as mint? Uh, well, I had to look this up myself because I've seen it loads of times, and but I wasn't quite sure the difference between minting and dropping. Well, just after but, your description, there's no way I'm going to be using that term on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, what I looked it up and what it said was 
that when you say, I'm going to drop this, and you usually put a time. So you usually put, this will be dropped at 10 a.m. EST, you know, like American yeah. Eastern time. And all it means is the time that the NFT will be available to purchase. Oh, okay. So, so it is slightly different than minted then. Yeah, because I guess you could mint it, but then not tell anybody about it. Because I'm not going to say, I'm going to mint this one at 10 a.m. That's what I mean. It's all a bit. I think think you might, I'm not quite sure what the actual point of minting is called because Mm. OpenSea makes you go through a double procedure, don't they? Where you upload the thing, but then you don't actually have to put it for sale. So you could just leave it sitting there. I see. Um, So I don't really, I don't really know is the answer to that one. Yeah. What about other I w- terms then? I wouldn't worry about I wouldn't worry about it basically. No, I, I mean I haven't. I've just been do you know what I've been doing? I've been bluffing. I've been going, Oh, I've minted this today because I think well, well, everyone else is saying do. it. So that's yeah. what I'm gonna say. And that is the truth. That's the truth of it. So yeah. um any other terms that you've learned and or, or um, is that about it? Not that I can think of offhand. Okay. So no. another thing I wanna know. Yeah. And I this isn't actually just um let's let's say this is also instagram related because i keep getting this every single time i mint something i.e put something up for sale on as an mft so every time i do this that, is on twitter it's yeah not this is on twitter yeah but I, this also happens on instagram as well when i post something not so, an mft just a piece of art or just whatever a piece yeah? Of art. yeah yeah so when i post an mft straight away as soon as i say on twitter i've just minted this yeah i immediately get about six or seven different accounts saying promote it on blah 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 post it here da 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 and uh, this is something that happens on instagram to me as well with physical art as soon as i post something i get promote it here um post it on here blah 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 i'm like what is all that about i just ignore them all spam it is, isn't it? It's sure, is utter spam. Yeah. So what, what, what? So what does it mean? What are they trying to do? They're just trying to get you to pay them, aren't they? Because basically, what they say is they've obviously got some automated thing going that that, it, that as soon as you mention certain words yeah. on either Instagram or so it might mm. be here's my latest piece of art or here's a piece of art for sale or NFT. Yeah. As soon as you mention that word, they've obviously triggered this thing to immediately go put up a message saying. Yeah promote it on so-and-so and all it yeah, it's instant is, it's literally yeah. instant and yeah. all it will be is they have they'll have an account either on twitter or instagram yeah where they are offering in a spammy way for you to pay them for them to promote your work basically for that you to put them to put your work on their account yeah that's it yeah, I, I mean, I've always just deleted them because I'm like... And no. I, w- I would never do it because anyone who's got a genuine account wouldn't do that to you. They wouldn't just... Uh, if someone had really got a really big following and they were offering that service, they're not just going to mass spam you. No, no. So, so just delete yeah. it. So we should talk about promoting our NFTs now. We've talked a lot, haven't we, about Twitter. And that is because, um, I mean, that's certainly our route, isn't it? Twitter yes. it seems to be the main hangout doesn't it for for nft artists yeah and i have to say i've been on twitter i think since about 2012 yeah before i did um started with nfts i'd probably posted on it about six times i mean i really <laughs> was rubbish i didn't i you know i i really i i felt like twitter was um 
basically a place for celebrities to argue with each other and or just for fake news and I was just never really interested in Twitter and also when I back then when I started on Twitter you could put like one sentence and that that was all you could put so it just seemed pointless to me but it turns out that Twitter is the place for NFT artists to communicate with each other and collectors to find NFTs so as you can imagine, you know, Instagram's very easy, isn't it? Facebook's very easy. But I, I must say, when I, when I, you know, realised, look, I've got to start engaging on Twitter now and I need to try and get to know this, this NFT community because, you know, these are the people that are going to be, you know, I'm going to need their support and, I, and in turn I'm going to support them and retweet their stuff and blah, 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 which is fine. And it's actually been a, a, a really fun experience. But what I would say is... I had to get my head around actually using Twitter because what I found is, say, for instance, somebody tags you on Twitter. I'm like, tag me on what? I've been tagged where? What? what? And I'm, I'm trying to go back and back and back and back to find where this original tag was. Even stuff like that is, I found really hard with Twitter to try and get my head around just just that part of it. So that was another thing I had to try and learn. And I st- it still blows me away sometimes. I still get tagged in something. I think, oh, do you know what? It's lovely, but I, I, I haven't got, I haven't <laughs> got an hour to try and find where I've been tagged. So I yeah. just give up. <laughs> yeah, so um, I've got the hang of it now, sort of. But I have actually learned that it is really important to join in with that kind of NFT talk, get to know the community. So there's a fair amount of investment of time when it comes to social media, certainly with, well, with any art, really, if you're, if you're selling art, but certainly with NFTs. And, and there seems to be this certain protocol, doesn't there? There's a certain way of doing simple things. Like, for instance, um, in the NFT community, everyone says good morning to each other. But you don't say good morning, you say GM. I guess that's because there's only a certain limited number of characters on on uh, <laughs> on, on Twitter. But everyone says GM, usually what you're up to today. Um, it's kind of really unusual. I, I think it's a bit like the Waltons meets Twitter. <laughs> GM everyone, GN everyone. It's really funny. Apparently it started, well, so I've heard, that it was basically because it's it's always a good morning for someone because they'll wake up with a sale. Oh, yeah. That, that's I, what I I've heard. I can't but... to wake up to my first sale. Yeah. So, but so what, what you do is basically, you know, you. I mean, I haven't been able to say good morning yet and neither of you because we're both doing this. But no doubt at some point this morning we will go on Twitter and say, GM or we've been recording this or what have you been doing today or we've minted this or something. Um, so basically what you do is you you say good morning and then perhaps you'd go through what's, you know, coming up on your feed and you'd retweet artist's work that you like and you'd perhaps comment on it and in return someone will start perhaps retweeting yours as well so it's a very much a supportive network I think isn't it yeah I think so but I don't retweet everything I I retweet what I like more than anything yeah you know certainly I retweet what I like or Mm. I'll retweet someone who's been really helpful yeah or 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 nice nice people yeah Mm. yeah yeah so so Basically, yeah, Twitter is seems to be the main place, doesn't it, really? Yeah, apparently, apparently it's not the only place. So so I'm like you. I'd, 
I think I had a Twitter account. I don't know. God knows when. This one, even I probably had 2012 or something, but it was dormant. You've got basically. three Twitter accounts. I've got hundreds of Twitter accounts. Have I don't you? know how to get. I don't know how to get rid of them all because ah, okay. I don't don't no longer own the emails. I see. And you can't get into them. Of course. But yeah. So, but years ago, I used to use it a little bit when I was into inventing. Mm-hmm. So that was 10, 15 years ago. But yeah, it was dormant. So like you. I'm learning it all. And I think even if you'd used Twitter before and we're now using it to kind of get into the NFT community, you would still find it different because there's this whole new way of doing things, isn't there? Just this whole lot of interacting. And, yeah. And a yeah. lot of people interact with each other. And then you're if you've been linked into it in any way, you're then linked into it for the next 25,000 posts. You can, you can turn it off. You can turn it off. <laughs> yeah. No, but I yes, don't want to do that. So the, Twitter is probably one of the big ways. And people also use Twitter spaces for promotion. Now, I don't know, have you heard of Twitter spaces? I have heard of it, but I, I haven't obviously looked into that at all. So, so what Twitter spaces are, and I've only listened in on a few, is if you can imagine almost a live podcast yeah, or a live stream, but mm-hmm. it happens on Twitter. Right. So if someone says, I'm starting a Twitter spaces at three o'clock whatever. is it like the, the the facebook version of rooms you i don't think you can see each other so it's just voice oh, okay. only okay i believe it's just voice only right. um so yeah it's almost like rooms but we're just voice only so you can go into the room but someone might say we're doing a twitter spaces on how to promote your nft or i mean it's not just nfts there'll be rooms to uh, twitter spaces to do with other things mm. but you might get that and sometimes people are using those to promote their nfts as well now yeah. i don't quite know how they do that i think that's just by interacting with people and getting to know you know more people yeah so that is one way i've also heard that post your nfts to instagram facebook and linkedin even though at the moment instagram and facebook anyway are probably not really you've probably not really got as many buyers yeah. on there because they all hang out on Twitter. I mean, I'm, Link- on, I'm on LinkedIn. But I've, yeah. it's, well, LinkedIn is one of those things that I've always been on it, but I have no idea why I'm on it. <laughs> so very rarely do I yeah. bother posting anything on it. It seems to well, me more like someone who's trying to find a job or make, net, you know, network with other people in the same industry, that kind of thing, isn't it? Well, the only reason I've been posting on LinkedIn is because that Andrea Earhart, we did a an episode with art by Andrea. She does murals. So mm. if, if you look for Andrea Earhart, um, she actually is doing NFTs and she recommended that you post on LinkedIn as well, purely yeah. because there's business people on there. Right. So there will be people who are into crypto as well. And you just yeah. never know. No. They might even just like your art because you're going to get people with money, people with money on there who might buy art. Yeah. Also, they might be into it. So there's no harm, basically. No. It's free, so you might as well put it on there. Exactly. Um, there's also something called Discord. Oh, I, I can't get over it. I tried this once. <laughs> I, I tried this and I thought, oh, God, no. In fact, it felt really old-fashioned. Yeah. Discord looks like a – do you remember those old bulletin boards, they used to call them, or uh, forum? No. Do you An know old... what it looks like to me? What? What? Do you remember um, Teletext? Oh, Yeah. It looks like that. Yeah. Well, it, well, it's basically an old-fashioned, it almost looks like an old-fashioned forum from like 20 years ago. I was going to say more um, like the 1980s, I thought, but <laughs> but then but, again, we didn't have computers then, No, did we? we didn't have it. No. 
but and it's it's basically where people form groups so say someone's got a bit of a following they might form a group on there and then they would give special things to those people in the group maybe so they might do special announcements or freebies or do you know what I mean but you could also go on there because they'll have groups where people can share what they've been creating and talk I've about I've been what invited into discord groups and I just like oh, it's just it's just another thing to try and get my head around and yeah nah <laughs> well I did it and I thought I don't get what's going on here. There's just so many different threads and it wasn't very well organised, I didn't no. think. It's like listening I, to a conversation or reading a conversation out of context because there's people talking, you know, butting in to, to put their bit in and what, whatever and, and it doesn't kind of make sense in, no. straight away. I just didn't like it. I thought, no, I, I, don't, I don't want to do this. No, I thought that as well. And there's also something else that apparently is good for promoting your NFTs, which is called Clubhouse. And we know we just talked about Twitter Spaces, which was also almost like this yeah. live voice streaming where multiple people can talk. Yeah. That's the same thing as Clubhouse. It's an app. Right. I'm not sure if it, you can definitely get on iPhone. I don't know if you can get it on Android. But there you'll get um, lots of, I don't know what they call theirs, spaces or whatever, where people are talking about NFTs. Uh, what about other platforms to sell NFTs on? Because I know we've talked about all those, but I haven't got any experience of anything else. Have you tried any other platforms? No, is the answer. So perhaps, but... <laughs> what, perhaps what I'm thinking about is an alternative to OpenSea. We're not talking about. Yeah. I don't. I'm not talking about Twitter and social media here. I'm talking about an alternative to selling. Uh, yeah, know, the, the place of sale. Yeah, a, a shop, other yeah. shops, basically yeah. for NFTs. <laughs> so I've signed up for one called Foundation, but I haven't tried it yet. Now, so okay. they work differently. So some of them, you will have to pay a fee each time you put something up. Yeah. Unlike OpenSea, where you pay that one at the beginning. So I'm not sure. I think Foundation, you might have to do that. But I'm, I'm not quite sure yet because I haven't used it. Yeah. Um, there are some platforms that are more exclusive than others. As in, if you want to be part of it, you have to go through an application procedure. Okay. And then they really probably only want the artists that are doing really well already. Right. But there are... Some like foundation I just mentioned. That one is by invite, but it's relatively easy to get an invite because I got one. Okay. Um, and then, there's, <laughs> and then there's, or there's it's not. It's just that you're doing so well that you've been invited. No, no. I just got so someone. Anybody say someone's on on Twitter said, "Does anybody want a foundation invite?" I go, yeah, I'll have one. Oh, okay. <laughs> 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 so he was kind enough to give me one and then oh. there's a platform no there's a platform called super rare i think that was quite exclusive as well but there's one called rareable mm. which anybody can use and rareable you you might want to try because they used even they have a few different cryptocurrencies and i think you don't have to pay an initialization fee on there either so you can do that completely free yeah um, there's also one called known origin i don't know much about that one uh, but one that people might be interested in, um, this is someone on Instagram told me about this one, is called voice.com. Right. And that is supposed to be a carbon neutral NFT platform. So it's very green. Um, and I believe they let you buy and sell in dollars. So you don't need to get involved in the crypto. But I guess one of the downfalls is that are the audience there yet? Yeah. Yeah. So, and remember, we've been talking about all this stuff and it, it probably sounds so complicated, but you only have to do one thing at a time. So that, that is, that is exactly right. I mean, 
I've got to say, I'm, I'm quite pleased with myself because I've learned something new and I'm pleased with myself for getting involved with something that's quite new in the artist world, really, isn't it? Um, and it's very daunting. My own experience of the whole thing has been mixed, I would say. There's, there's been a bit of confusion. There's a lot of frustration, um, but no doubt complete elation when it comes to selling my first piece. Um, what did that feel like for you, Tara, when you sold your first piece? Well, I, I just want to go back to the thing about taking taking each thing at a time. Go on. It's just that we've been talking about, oh, you know, you you, you set up this initialize your account and then once you've made a sale, then you have to set up a crypto bank. Don't think about all the stages. Just think about, okay, I'm now going to put up my first NFT. It's so I true. Think, yeah. yeah, you don't need to think about, oh, what happens if I sell one? Just wait and worry about that afterwards because that's what I did. Or I'm at the point of sale like I did. Ah! Yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> but you know what I mean? You don't need to worry about all this. And we are, like you just said, we are really, we're relatively early adopters of this technology. Yeah. In two years' time, it's going to be so easy to do this. It probably yeah. is not going to be using cryptocurrency or if it is, everyone will know how to use it by then anyway. Yeah. yeah. So... I just think it's good to have your foot in the door. You know? I, I do. And, and actually, you, what you said then is so, so right, is that just think about each thing, one thing at a time. And I remember when I was going into this and you said, don't panic. Look, all you've got to do is think about setting up a MetaMask wallet and opening an OpenSea account. That's easy. It sounds difficult, but it's not. Do that. And then we'll worry about the other stuff once you've done that. It's, it sounds scary, but please don't be scared it is literally just one step at a time and and you don't have to worry about anything until that point and no and we don't mind if you reach out and send us an email and say i'm stuck could you just give me a hint of what i need to do next and we might be able to find a video that helps you or just give you you know a bit of a tip that we've learned and obviously we're beginners too but we might be one step ahead of you so like i said i yes i um, ha- I've yet to make my first NFT sale. I sell um, physical art, of course, but NFTs yep. are quite new to me. How did you feel when you first sold your NFT? I know when we spoke to Jason, we we, we interviewed Jason Chambers a few ep- episodes ago, and he was sort of saying, you know, I didn't get anything for about six weeks, nothing. Yeah, And he said I was so downhearted and, you know, and then all of a sudden, one person bought my whole collection, which must have been amazing. Um, now, I'm not six weeks in yet. I'm still waiting for my first sale. It might not happen. It might not. I might never sell anything. I don't know. You have. How long did it take you to make your first sale and how did you feel? I don't know how long it took me because I first had everything on Polygon and nothing happened. So I would I say right. that that might have been on polygon for maybe a few weeks i can't remember if i put them on before christmas or after so mm. it was only when i put things on ethereum so i might have had them on ethereum for maybe i don't know a week or two by the time i'd swapped them over but bear yeah. in mind i'd already had it on probably a month on polygon and got yeah. nowhere so yeah i i put it on and i thought well i'm going to get nowhere because at the time i had 200 followers on twitter right I didn't know anyone. In, in I don't even know how many followers I've got at all on Twitter. I've got no idea. I've never looked. Now I've got a thousand. I looked the other day, but mm. I, um, yeah. So I didn't know anyone, and I happened to connect with a few people who just knew into it as well on Twitter. And one of them was a guy called 
I think I'm not going to say I'm not going to say his name because I can't remember how to pronounce it but he basically had joined saying to me he's got a big following on Instagram already but hadn't got a big following on Twitter yeah I posted something because I guess we both saw each other was new I tweeted his retweeted his thing and he retweeted mine and a collector saw the piece I retweeted and bought it and bought it and I thought oh my god I've sold one I'm just like I was gobsmacked because honestly, I put I put these NFTs up there thinking this was just an experiment, and yeah. I was highly unlikely to sell anything. It was yeah. just you know one of those things you think, well, I have to try it just to see. I'm going to be prepared. I'm going to. I've got a hundred dollars. I might lose that hundred dollars, but I've got to try it. Yeah. And so I was like, oh my god, oh my god. And then the now I got the text. I got the text. I got about a thousand um, oh explanation marks at the end. I've just made my first sale. <laughs> um, yeah. And I, I kept everything very low because I was seeing how people were selling for a lot of money. They were selling for like hundreds of dollars their pieces. And there was even people who were new, like looked new on there, hadn't got a big following. They were still trying to sell their first piece for like four hundred dollars, the equivalent of. So I think I'd started mine off at about sixty dollars, about I think at the time, 0.02 of an ETH. He he bought it and then he was the one who actually gave me the advice on putting on weather stuff on Ethereum. Right. And and uh and the funny thing was then he says, Oh, looks like Mike, there's another guy on on Twitter, oh, it looks like Mike's just bought one of yours as well. So literally, I sold two within hours. Wow. So, so talk about price then. That's the thing. I, I've just yeah. stuck mine up as a, a price that we kind of between us thought said, "Oh, that sounds about right." Um, maybe my price is wrong. I don't know. Well, I don't think anybody knows. No. <laughs> That's the thing. It's just like real art, isn't it? You could get, mm. you could sit two pieces of art side by side by different artists. Yeah, that are very similar. One artist could be selling that for like twenty thousand. The other one could be selling yeah. it for like twenty quid. Yeah, but you've got so, you know, and so you've got something you know, some NFTs which would have taken perhaps someone ten fifteen minutes to yeah <laughs> knock up on procreate which is going for hundreds of dollars yeah but you've got somebody who has perhaps spent you know hours days weeks yep. creating a piece of art who yes then it is a digital piece ultimately at the end of it but that piece has had to be created by hand and they're selling for 60 dollars yeah, it doesn't just, uh, you know i just don't just know just the same as real art like we just said you know how you yeah. get this crazy thing where yeah who knows why a black square on a white bit of paper can sell for thousands yeah it's like but what i decided i wanted to do was i wanted to get my foot in the door yeah so i figured if i sold sold what i perceived to be relatively low compared to what everybody else was selling for yeah um then i might get a buy it mine so yeah i think yeah i started about 60 dollars the funny thing was the, the problem is you see the buyers have to pay a transaction fee and that can right. be a lot of money ah. so for example probably when the guy bought mine at 60 dollars the, the, the transaction fee which they call gas fees that oh that's another there. term isn't yeah. it gas fees gas fees they can be a lot of money so they could be 150 dollars for example a transaction oh, wow. fee. it could wow. be really low it could be 20 dollars mm. um so he might have paid 120 dollars transaction fee and 60 dollars for my art which is tell bonkers. me tell me just briefly yeah. when you go when you put when you change the price you can't 
put one up. You you can put them down, can't you? You can, you can put it up. It you, just costs you. Yeah. Whereas if yeah. you if you you can just put it down if yeah. you want for free. Yeah. Um, but then it gives you as the person who owns that account, it tells you the history of the price. Does yeah. it tell the people who are buying? Yeah. Because because. If I went to buy someone's art and it said the history of this price is has gone from that price down to this, mm-hmm. does it tell them that? Yeah, that's a shame. Everybody, isn't it? everybody can see everything that has happened. You can mm. see, so everybody can see who's bought my art. Mm. They can see what I've bought. I mean, they can yeah. only see they can only see by people's pseudonyms, whatever pseudonym they've used. Right. But I use my own name on there. Um, yes, everything. From see that everything. point of view, maybe putting things down is not a good idea because well, then it, it suggests that it's lowering in value rather than increasing. Well, yes and no, but also you. I saw someone the other day, and she said, um, "I'm doing a sale at the moment. I've decided to lower my price on this one for." And that's what people do in the real world, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So. Mm. There's no reason you can't do that. But I say I started mine at 0.02 ETH and then I'm trying to chink them up a little bit. And I put some of my prices down the other day because you set how long you want them to be on sale for and they'd yeah. run out. Right. So I thought, do you know, I'm going to lower those. Just, you know, see. And I think. Uh, and then do you still get people, will people you can still, still see? People still see what they were, yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay. But just don't worry about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Any other resources then you can, because uh, obviously we've, we've, we are fairly new at this ourselves. And because of that, you, certainly you, rather than me, did a lot of research into this. So what resources have you found to be most helpful for you when you were starting out? So one that was really, really helpful was a YouTube channel, which was called NFT Times. Um, the thing Times with- as in T-I-M-E-S, like the, a newspaper. T- yeah. yeah, NFT times. And the thing with anything on YouTube is about NFTs is the industry moves so fast Yeah, that if you look at something six months ago, it may not be applicable to now. Mm. For, for, for example, with OpenSea, I believe you used to have to pay a transaction every time. Right. They've changed that. Yeah. So, so just just try and look at the most recent ones. But obviously some it doesn't matter because some if it's about marketing – they'll still be, you know, they'll still be decent content. Yeah. But here's one I found really useful. And then there's a podcast that is really nice and lighthearted um, called NFTs for Newbies. Right. Uh, and this is a duo. Uh, there's a guy and a woman, and they basically are like us. They were beginners. They didn't know much about NFTs. And they, they're making a podcast and learning as they go. So they get experts in. To teach yeah. them yeah. and then they on their youtube channel they show when they first mint an nft but they, they'll mint a silly one they'll make one of them chasing chickens or i think the first one they made they made one of a video of them brushing their teeth so so right okay so an nft can actually be just a, a short film yeah it doesn't even have to be a piece, could of, be a art. piece of could be a piece of music oh it's so interesting yeah. Oh. Uh, so yes. Yeah, so, so they and it's NFTs with a number four newbies. Um, they're, they're really good because they, they are lighthearted. Some some of their stuff's a bit bonkers. But and and if you think what we've said is blown you away, imagine listening straight away to perhaps a podcast or something that where experts are talking about it because it's easy when you become experts to forget what it you know that people don't know the lingo when you're talking about something new and, and you know. So I think that's where this, this NFT for newbies is a good thing because 
it's uh, they'll tell it in a simpler language a bit like we're trying to do you know yeah and there's also another one which is the crypto business podcast by michael stelsner um i really like that one but that's a bit more high level i don't mean high level as in intellectual i mean it's not the down gritty this is how you do it kind of thing yeah yeah it's more of a an overview sort of thing um Shall we look at our previous question? Yes, because I have a headache now. <laughs> <laughs> Is that my fault? And our previous question, I actually managed to post this one up. Woo! Well done, me. And it was, what was the happiest art-related accident you ever had? We've only got a few of these, so I don't think many people have had art accidents. <laughs> happy ones, not happy ones. Well, we've got a few. Andy W. Art, he says, about 10 years ago, I was wandering through a DIY store. I came across some cheap decorators stipple brushes they are crude and stiffer than a student's laundry but turned out great for adding texture and foliage with acrylic ink i found this out when i chanced using them on a half finished piece when i realized standard stippling would take many hours brilliant i've got rick fravor Fravor, sorry sorry rick <laughs> um, this weekend i set out to have as much fun finger painting like no tools, no brushes, just hands. And I ended up with this amazing Starry Night inspired painting. Ah, oh, fabulous. Michael Beckett, I am too much of a control freak to take advantage of happy accidents on a painting. But I will say my whole art journey is a happy accident. I am, was before I retired, a computer programmer and became enamoured with making cartoon GIF animations in the very early days of the internet. I wasn't happy with my primitive cartoon skills, so I picked up a book on how to draw. Who would have thunk that I'd be putting paintings in art shows and even selling some on occasion? Fate or happy accident? Hmm. Do you know what? While you're reading that, Kevin just bought me a coffee. Isn't that lovely? Oh, how lovely. Can I have one, please, Kevin? (laughs) No, he's gone now. Sorry. (sighs) Anyway, I've got... um, Adrian Sutherland, and she says, she basically shows a picture of an alien painting. It's not an alien doing a painting, it's a painting of an alien. (laughs) (laughs) And she said, this started off as an old gentleman at the end of July. Uh, End of July faces, I think she means portrait July. Get it right, Adrian. (laughs) (laughs) Two years ago, but it never made it, thanks to not having much experience with oil pastels. But it's a really good (laughs) alien painting. I haven't seen that one, I have to look that one up. Margaret Gray, my parents saying yes to painting classes when I was 13, they were tired of my begging, moaning and whining. Well, that's normal for a 13-year-old, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. I've got no lilla. Uh, yeah, no lilla. Let me spell this out. N- N-O-W-L-I-L-A-A. I think that's an Instagram name. I was trying to understand song lyrics on someone's playlist. I thought he was singing Butterfish. So I drew a yellow fish as a reminder or trying to find the name of the band. It turns out that he was Sudanese and he was singing Argos Farfish. I don't know what that means. Anyway, 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 I started drawing my little butterfish character from that point on. Oh, that's, that's cool. Sweet. Yeah. <laughs> I've got Sean Ballard art. I can tell you the opposite. On Friday night, I got all set up to work on a piece I've spent hours on over the last few months. I go to put my first stroke down and crinkle up the paper and ruin the whole piece in one second. I screamed the roar of a dying Viking. I popped my rib and my voice is still hoarse on Monday. 
Yeah, you know, just life. <laughs> I've got strokes and shadows. When my little son felt that my misty grey landscape needed a cheerful sun, he decided to help me. And before I could notice, drew a red sun on the painting. Oh, that but, is so cool. Yeah, I she saw really liked that. it. I, did yeah. you see that one? I saw yes, that. Yes, I did. Yeah. yeah. That's really great, yeah. Okay, so we have a brand new question for you, which is... What is the hardest thing you have found to learn along your art adventure? I was going to say art journey, but you know what? I hate that. I hate that term. It's really just toy and yuck. I like art adventure. Let's say that. Art adventure is not great yeah. either. So, is it? Well, not really. It. No. Okay, let's let's put it a different way. What's the hardest thing you have lo- you have found to learn since doing that doesn't art? Work <laughs> I think we'll stick with adventure. So for me, um, I, I reckon NFTs. <laughs> Um, but actually, no, not that hard to learn, really. What about you? What about you? Oh, think? God, I didn't even thought about this. Um, it's usually you that doesn't think about it. Mm. Uh, pro- probably learning how I want to paint or how I want to create. Mm. Yes. Mm. A lot of people, I reckon, the answer would be building a website and things like that or learning social media, I bet. Oh, I don't really think about that as the same thing. Yeah, I do, you see. Yeah. yeah, it'd I be interesting. It, it'd be interesting what people come up with. Yeah. You're telling me to shut up, aren't you? No, no. Okay. <laughs> no, because it might be, oh, I found oil painting the hardest thing to learn or watercolour or something like that. So there's all sorts of ways to answer that question. I'm just intrigued to know what, what other people say. I, I think a lot of mine has been perhaps the technology side of things because I'm like not like I'm not naturally that way. But, okay. Yeah. So as always, you can tweet us your answers at Kit Creators or let us know in the Facebook group, which if you haven't joined, I highly suggest you do. We will put the question up there and on the Facebook page and of course on our Instagram, which is Kicking the Creatives. So we hope that gave you the kick in the creatives you needed. And don't forget to pop over to our website at kickinthecreatives.com to find out how you can take part in some of our upcoming creative challenges and of course there you can also subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode and if you're enjoying the podcast we'd be really grateful if you'd leave us a little review or even just a star rating if you don't have much time and don't forget to subscribe to our kick in the creative newsletter if you want to keep up with all our challenges and podcasts and if you enjoy what we do we'd love it if you would help support us to carry on doing it by buying us a coffee on on our coffee link um you can find that link on our website we want to say a huge thank you to our latest supporters and they are jackie p thanks so much jackie marcia Furman, and joanna brown who continue to support it's amazing thank you so much alison cochran thanks so much for inspiring me to complete two back-to-back kick 365 challenges and for entertaining me with fabulous podcasts i love it when i see a new one is available thank you Alison. really appreciate that yeah thank you very much okay so that's it for this time and we'll see you again soon bye thank you so much for listening we hope you enjoyed the episode and if you did perhaps you'd like to share it and leave a review for us on itunes Um, <laughs> <laughs> gotta delete that definitely <laughs> i've got please make sure you delete i that. will <laughs> i've got i've got strokes and shadows i can't talk now <laughs> right for anyone listening to tara cracking up i've just had to edit something out that she said that was wholly inappropriate <laughs> which is why she can't cons- she can't get herself together now <laughs>